Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. Now, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. And on that day, they will fast. Reading verse 20 again. But the day will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. And then they will fast in those days. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time of corporate worship. It's time of praise and thanksgiving. Father, we've emptied out our souls here and we've celebrated and thankful for all that you've done and all that you're doing for us right now. And God, we just give you the praise for those things that shall come forth and for what you will do. And so God, I pray that you will bless this message as it goes forth for this time and the season that you have called us into. So we just thank you and we bless you. And as I stand behind this sacred desk, I decrease in self, Father, and I pray for you, the increase of your Holy Spirit. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. So this morning, it's nearly not a preach message. We're just going to talk a little bit. And we're talking coming up from second chapter of Mark, looking at the 20th verse. As Jesus spoke those words, but the day will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. We're, we're, we're in a season, we're going through a season where people are really just beyond being stressed. Every minute, every day, our brains are constantly bombarded, with you, if you will, with countless stressors. Things that we see on the media, things that's happening around us. And at times, at times, life can really seem like a runaway, out-of-control train. Like it's just running away from us. There was a, a survey that was conducted by the American Psychological Association, and, and the survey revealed this. It said that regardless of people's ages, the majority of people surveyed feel that we are at our lowest point in this nation's history. The survey said that the morale of this country is lower than what it was during World War II, Vietnam War, and September 11th. More people are concerned about where this nation is heading than they're really concerned about what's going on in their own personal lives. The social injustices of tribalism and its fruit racism have deeply divided this country. And there is, seems to be an infection, if you will, of, uh, of a us versus them syndrome, a, a disease of excluding people from their rights 
based on the belief that one's color or social status determines superiority or inferiority of another. And it seems like even though, even though those of us who are of a certain age, we have seen stresses like this before, but it seems like a more intense evil has been unleashed in this country. Something that we have seen before, but not as deadlier as it was before. They say women are more stressed out than men. Millennials between the ages of 18 and 38 are more stressed out than any other age group. And not surprisingly, black Americans reported to be the least optimistic about whether or not this nation will ever achieve any type of racial equality. And on top of what's going on around us within our nation and, and the global challenges that are impacting us, we got our own issues that we're fighting with. We got our own stuff that's going on and up in our own homes that we're dealing with. Family problems and just personal day-to-day -day struggles with family issues and loved ones battling the demon of, of addictions and sons catching the bullet from because of the color of his skin and, and loved ones battling serious health issues. We got families who are buried in financial debt and, and there are so many people who are battling and wrestling with personal grief over the loved one who has been gone, who's gone too soon. So on top of everything that's going on nationally and globally, we got our own stuff, own issues and own struggles. And I think that's one of the reasons why the praise and worship was so high this morning, is because when we start thinking about all of the things that we've been dealing with, we can't help but thank God for the fact that we still got a reasonable amount of sanity. A reasonable amount of sanity. That if we really stop and ponder everything that's happening around us, we have every right to lose our little bit of mind. But, but because of God and his grace and his mercy, he enables us to move forward. It's according to his strength. Now, Jesus knew that we're going to be experiencing things, seasons like we were experiencing right now. And there isn't anything that we are seeing or hearing or feeling is news to him. He already knew it. And Jesus knew that, that his church, from its very beginning at his birth at Pentecost until when Jesus comes back again, that we will and will continue to be facing challenging and overwhelming seasons. And just as importantly that Jesus know what his church will be going through, he also understands and know the personal trials and tribulations that we will be going through while everything else is going on around us. He understands that. And with all of our challenges, with everything that's happening in our country and is causing us so great concern as to where this country is heading and as to whether or not anybody around here got any kind of common sense to put this bad boy back on track again. We, we, we're struggling with all of that, and again, we're still dealing with our own stuff that's going on in our own house. 
God understands that those times and those seasons will come. And because we're dealing with all of those issues, it has the potential of clogging up our line of communication and our spirit between God's spirit and that line between God and ourselves can get clogged and we don't always know that it's clogged. You know, sometimes the body can adjust to when things are not going right and you don't always know it's not going right. You understand? Until a doctor comes along and diagnoses you and go like, you've been dealing with an issue for a long time, but you have just adjusted gradually to the issue to the point that you have not become sensitive to the feelings. And that can happen to us spiritually that so much can come at us at such a rapid pace and constantly bombarding us that we don't always realize that, hey, this line between me and God is a little bit clogged, it's a little bit foggy up in here, and stuff ain't happening. I'm not feeling like I used to feel. Anybody ever thought you were thinking clear only to find out you weren't clear at all? I mean, I've been there. You thought you, you, thought you were crystal clear. Thought you heard God. Only to find out you didn't hear anything but your own consciousness. Your own imagination. And so with this clogging up, of the clogging up between spiritually is hindering, it will hinder us emotionally, mentally, and of course spiritually. And it's for that reason and for numerous other reasons, Jesus prophesied these words to disciples. He said, when the bridegroom is taken away, then they will fast in those days. What you getting ready to get to, Pastor K? I'm on my way. When Jesus spoke those words to his disciples, he was preparing them for his suffering and for his death and the season of struggle and confusion and grief that the disciples were going to experience. And those disciples went through those days, but those same days are here for us. The days that Jesus was speaking of, they are right here, right now. Where we're going through seasons of struggle and this confusion and disappointment and not knowing what's what and who around here is going to right this ship and who's going to guide this thing down this road and get us where we need to get. And understand, and God understood that. And the disciples, the disciples, of course, when Jesus said they didn't need to fast when Jesus was there because the bridegroom was with you. You don't fast when the bridegroom is in the house. But he's saying, I'm going to be leaving and I'm going to go to the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. But I am going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you a comforter, the Holy Spirit. And this is one of the things that he's going to do. He's going to prompt us to pray. But there are going to be certain situations where he's going to say, not only pray, but you got to add a fast to it. Pray, but you're going to have to add a fast to it. The reason being that we will be confronted with issues and having to make decisions and having to try to pull down strongholds and struggles that will require our faith to be stretched. When you're on this journey called life, as a Christian, your faith is going to be stretched in order for you to accommodate and to make it through whatever God has and for whatever's coming in front of you. 
Do you understand what I'm, what I'm trying to say here? Our, our faith has to be, in order to, 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 to grasp, in order to be victorious in whatever challenges that come to us. What is it that that means? If you look over and, and go back over to Mark, the ninth chapter, over in Mark, the ninth chapter, you will find the story of where the father brought his son over to the disciples because the son had a demon. The son was demon. He was, he was every time they would try to call out the demon or ask the demon his name, the demon would go mute. He wouldn't say who he was. And the son was thrashing about. And the, and the father brought the son down to the disciples and said, if you can, can you, can you heal? But the disciples were not able, were not able to exercise and get that demon out. And Jesus then turned around and told the disciples, the reasons you were unable to cast out the demon was because of your lack of faith. But get this, get this. He didn't mean that they didn't have any faith. What he meant was to accommodate this situation, your faith got to be stretched. You understand what I'm saying? To, to deal with what you got in front, because you haven't dealt with this before. This is a new devil you haven't seen before. And, and you know how to handle the old devil. You have dealt with that one. You can accommodate that. But here comes a one that you have never encountered before. And in order for you to deal with that devil, your faith has got to be stressed. And what he told them, and this devil comes only by fasting and prayer. You got to do two things to deal with this one over here. Wasn't that they didn't have enough faith. They had to be educated to understand that there are going to be challenges that are going to come into our lives where prayer alone is not going to be sufficient. It's not going to be sufficient. Because you got to kick it in, take it up to another level, because we got a whole brand new thing in front of us right now. And what we have right now is not enough to get us to where we need to go. And that's what he was telling us to do. He was saying to them that, in that you're going to need to fast, and you need to pray because what you are facing is going to require that you draw closer to the heart of God than you've ever been drawn before so that you can be in line with God's power. You've got to line up with his power, but to get you over there, you're going to have to kick it up to another notch. Now, you pretty much guess where I'm heading. I believe that we are in facing such challenging times as where we are right now. Not only globally and nationally, but stuff that's going on up in our very homes where we sleep every day. We got stuff that's going on that requires our faith to be stretched with God's power to overcome the forces that have come to steal, kill, and destroy. And with that being said, I believe that, it's Holy, that the Holy Spirit is prompting us that at the beginning of, of the year, from January 6th to January 26th, God is calling FC3 into a corporate time of fasting and praying. We got to shut it down, y'all, because there's some stuff happening, and we got to be prepared. Now, I know when we talk about actually fasting, it freaks some folks out. Especially when you're talking about fasting on a Sunday and you haven't had nothing to eat. And you're going to already try and figure out what you're going to do after the service is over with. <laughs> but we're going to break it down to you. I believe God is calling us into a 21-day Daniel fast. And we're going to talk more and going to teach about that. I don't want anybody to get disturbed. And 
I feel like I don't know if I can do this thing, or don't, I don't even want you to stress over that, okay? Don't stress. The people here are different levels. Some know, have done this before. Understanding some of you haven't. But I don't, if you haven't, don't worry about it. Don't stress. We're going to teach you. We're going to walk it through, and you're going to be okay. I don't want you to get all hung up on whether or not you ate a piece of meat or not. You understand what I'm saying? We're going we're gonna to talk about that later. We're not going to talk about it today, but it's in, in preparing for a fast, you have to do just that, prepare. And we, if we're going into this thing corporately, we got to go into this thing correctly. And we have to be strategic, and it has to be planned, and you prepare our people. We have to be prepared so when we enter into it. So I believe God is sharing, is inviting us to, to shut it down for a minute, so that we can recenter, reset, refocus, and in some cases recommit. Because of what God has called us to do in his kingdom, we got to be ready and on point to do what he's calling us to do. Now, I'm going to give you seven reasons why I believe God, because I believe you always got to give a person reason why you're going into fast. You don't fast and pray just to fast and pray. You don't do it just because you're trying to look good or trying to be cute or try to seem spiritual. Okay, I mean, it's not, a, it's not about that. As soon as we start going down that road, you're going to mess it up already. It's not about that. So we're going to give you seven reasons why, why we believe God is calling us into fasting and praying. First reason, to navigate through these times, we're going to need some wisdom. We're going to need more wisdom. We're going to need clarity. We're going to need our discernment to increase. And we're going to need divine strength. We need to know when to move and when not to move. We need to be able to distinguish between what God is saying and what God isn't saying. We got to make sure that we are rightly dividing God's word and we are actually hearing what God is saying and not putting out or saying to people what we want God to say or what we feel should be. Only what God is saying. We want to channel, we want to be channels for his divine strength. We want, we are not asking for God, we, we, we're not asking God to, to give us strength. What we're asking him to do is for him to become our strength. Don't get, we want, to, we want him to become our strength as we go. We, what we're looking for is where our natural power is. We want his supernatural power to kick in. Anybody with me? Anybody understand where I am? We, want, we need his supernatural power to kick in. Here's the second reason. The second reason, maybe I should have made this the first reason. The second reason was just as important. We need to earnestly pray for this country. We need to pray for our elected officials. Now, whether we vote for them or not, the point of the matter is the Bible instructs us that we have to pray, that we have to be praying, and not praying on them. And what I mean by praying on them, not one of the prayers, God, strike them down. Not one of those, but that God, we just pray that you would impress on their hearts and that you would lead them and that they would think clearly and that, they, and that you would put godly people around them who would speak words of wisdom into them and help them as they're making decisions. We are living in the days where, where we are calling evil good and good evil. We're calling dark what is dark, we're calling it light. And what is light, we're labeling as dark. And God spoke these words to the prophet Isaiah over in Isaiah 20. And it also applies to us today. And the same thing applies to us today that applied to Israel. God sent a warning to Israel. If you don't get this straightened out, I'm going to judge you. If you don't get this thing turned around, I'm going to judge you. Our society, our culture is trying to make okay those things that God has classified as being immoral. 
There are high-ranking elected officials who know this country is heading in the wrong direction, that we have an incompetent, immoral, divisive, alternate fact, fake news head of state who in one single day back on October 22nd told 83 lies in one day, in one place, at one setting. We got a problem around here. And the thing of it is, is that we, there are people who can check the situation, who can bring some, some accountability, but don't bring the accountability because they're afraid of losing their power. They are wanting position more than they want to stand for their integrity. And it's heading us down the wrong way. The GOP is controlled Congress that we have, have choosing power over what is right. And we must pray that our elected officials especially our Christian leaders, because I fail to believe that, we, that God doesn't have some believers up in the Congress. I know they've got to be. And the reason they've got to be, because God has a remnant everywhere. In the worst of places, God always got at least one somebody who's on his side. He got at least one. We are praying that they will get some Holy Ghost boldness and that they will, will get up and get a backbone and the boldness to speak to what is right instead of bowing to the fear of losing their power and to corporations and wealthy supporters who have paid for their influence. We need to pray because, again, if something doesn't change, this nation is going to be judged. The third reason, we have to stand in the gap for our families and our communities. The family is the nucleus of the community. It's the nucleus of the community. It's the core of the church and our schools and everything. And depending on how strong the family is, it determines how strong the community is. A community's strength is based on the strength of the family. Weak families equal what? Weak communities. Strong families equal strong communities. And we have to pray. And so this will be a good time for all of us to invite our families in for a time a prayer and fasting and just calling this together because all of us need to be strengthened and every family got something up in there that you're dealing with. Can we be honest? Amen. Anybody got a perfect family around here? Huh? I didn't think so. So we all got something that we can call our families to center around as a time to, to pray because a lot of us have a lot going on. We have a lot that's happening within our families and things that are struggling with. And so we need to be prayerful about it. You know, and there's some families, and I'm just going to say, because my family's included too, and that is we got some people in our family haven't spoken to each other in years. Years. And I just think about how ridiculous that is. And you know what the thing that troubles me the most? Is that it's the grown-ups acting stupid. And the kids are caught in the middle. Because you got grown-up adults who won't talk to each other, but their kids got to pay the price because of something that their parents are doing because the parents won't let the kids mingle with the rest of the family. And what I have found, and I know you know it too, life is really too short for foolishness. It's too short. The Bible tells us that our life is like a vapor. It's just gone in a moment. It's just, it's, just, it's just a whiff, if you will. And so there's so much that we could be doing that as collectively being united as one 
as opposed to I'm not going to speak to you or talk to you. I'm going to walk past you because of whatever. And most of the time, people don't even remember what it was. All they know is grandma didn't talk to you. We have to get that together. The fourth reason. We must pause and reassess spiritually where we are as a church, as a church family and as church leaders in this church family. What I don't want First Christian to ever become is to become like the church of Ephesus. I don't want us to be a church that's hardworking, can call out a demon in a heartbeat, can identify a false prophet whenever one walk up in the camp, on point with ministry, but then have lost their first love. Going, I don't want us to be going through the motion of ministry, but lost the passion for the one who gave you salvation. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be caught up in serving and, and, and lost that and, 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 and serving um, a God, and, 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 but our love has somewhat diminished, if you will. And that we're serving more or less out of commitment. Because I got the position. I've been appointed to the spot. But are you passionate about the spot? Are you in it because this is where God has called you? Or are you in it because this is where I just think I need to be and this is where I am for right now. And, you know, I make it if I make it. If I don't, I don't. It is what it is. God doesn't want, we don't, we don't want to become a church like that. We, we don't want a church where, where we, we are so busy with being busy, but not busy with being in a relationship with who God is. Because see, when that gets out of whack, everything gets out of whack. It throws the entire purpose in the congregation, what we have been called to do. And so those of us in leadership with the guidance of the Holy, Holy Spirit, we need, to we need to reassess what we're doing, why we're doing what we're doing, and we need to be clear as to who we're doing it for. There has to be clarity. Is, is, God, is God ready to shift you? But you're holding on to what's familiar. Does he want to stretch you? But I'm comfortable over here. Is it time to, 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 to just reveal? Are you, are you passionate and excited about the vision and the value of the ministry and of the ministry that you're serving? Is it passionate and excited about the mission and the values? And is it, is it in line with the mission and the value? Are we, are we, are we, are we moving or have we plateaued? Are we moving forward? Have we plateaued or are we regressing? These are hard questions that we need to address. And so there's no point in walking around and pretending everything and not taking the time. I'm not saying anything is wrong. What I'm saying is we have to take the time to evaluate. Where are we? To check it out. Are we meeting the needs of the people who we are called to serve? Are our individual ministries Units aligned with the value and vision that God has set for this local branch of Zion. So what are we going to be doing? We're going to be doing one-on-ones. Not only with Isaiah, they're used to it. 
Well, everybody in leadership who's been in the position for at least three years, it's time to have a conversation. Are you still feeling it? You still got a heart for it? You can still got a vision for it? Or has it become stagnant? Where are we? Fifth reason. We also don't want to be a compromising church. Like the church in Pergamos. Solid about sin. Not wanting to rock the boat because we don't want to offend. <laughs> Trying to be relevant because we want to be appealing to everyone. Let me tell you, the church was not a call to be appealing to everyone. You got called a spade a spade. But do it in love and in harmony. We, 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 want, to be, we want to be a church that is blessed and faithful, we, but we also do not ever want to become a church that would allow the culture of our time to water down the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't want that. Six reasons. We not only need clarity for individual and corporate ministry, but we also need some clarity regarding our physical and emotional health. Pastor Queen and I were, were talking, and of course we've been having our conversations and dialoguing about this fast that's coming up anyway because we've just been talking about our concerns. And one of, the, one of the main concerns is this, is that he and I have been just noting, I'm sure some of you, the number of cancer diagnoses, hypertension, diabetes, anxiety, and depression within this congregation alone is astounding. It's astounding. And we're deeply concerned about that. We're deeply concerned about that. And we, we, we don't believe that God wants you and I to be complacent and, and, and apathetic about our physical or emotional health and just kind of write it off like, well, it is what it is. We, we need to be proactive because of to be effective in the ministry, to be effective as Christians, we got to be healthy. Healthy. And to be healthy, we need to be mindful and, and, and understanding there are certain things we don't have control over, but there are a lot of things that we do have control over. You know, there is so much that we can do to reduce and even prevent heart disease and cancer. Put them cigarettes down. Strokes. We need to be attention. Take them medication. You have medication for hypertension? Why is the prescription sitting on your shelf and haven't been filled when you need to be taking it? Skipping the medication or not even going to the doctor. We have diabetes ramping through the, through the congregation. And the thing of it is we need to eat better. We need to, we need to lose weight. Quit smoking. Exercise more and keep up with our annual exams. Go to the doctor, okay? The Lord did gift them with, this, with the gift of healing. Go see them, especially our brothers. And we'll leave that to Pastor Queen to talk about that. But men, we need you, and we need you to be healthy. Go to the doctors. Do what you need to do. 
So as believers, we are not only to focus on our souls, but also to give equal attention to our physical bodies and our mind. Because we are to honor God with our bodies, not as a means of God's grace, but as a means to express our gratitude for the grace he has already shown us through Jesus Christ. And lastly, our seventh and final reason is this. In light of the national and global issues that our, and our personal challenges and our health and all that is in front of us, God is still expecting us to church. He is still expecting us as Christians to be a reflection of his light, giving direction and being an example to an already stressed out world. In spite of everything that we're dealing with, he still wants us to be the light of the world. He still expects us to be the salt of the earth. He still expects us to be in a position where we can still draw dying men into Jesus Christ, even though we're in a world that seems like it's falling apart. He still wants us to be on, part, on point. And we have to be on point on him. And in order to be on point with him, in order to deal with everything that we're dealing with, we got to unclog, unplug, and unwind so God can reset us, refocus us, and get us strength so that we can be and do what he's called us to do because we have been called into the kingdom for a time such as this. Trust and believe you are not here by chance, but you are in this generation for a reason, and that reason is that God is calling all of us to be the light in this darkened world. We are in some dark times, but we are not hopeless people. We're not hopeless. Don't get confused up here. Girlfriend is not worried. Concerned but not worried, because no matter how crazy this world is, God is still in control. He's still in control. So don't make, no, don't make any mistakes about that. He is still in control, but because how God operates, he's calling us to come and work with him. He's inviting us. And he's saying, I need you here, and I need you to be an example. And so in order to move forward, we need to stop first, Christian, and that's what God is calling us to pause, starting in January for 21 days, 21 days. So we're not just going to leave you hanging, like I told you, we're going we're gonna to talk more. We're going to teach about the types of fasting. We're going to go into what a Daniel fast is. We're going to talk about some of the moderations. We're even going to include something for kids so that they can understand because not to set the children to shut down as far as food is concerned, but, you know, they can shut down their text messages for a day. Yeah, some of us big people can shut down from texting too. Can I let the church say amen on that one? Now that will be a real fast. Turn the telephone down or it would be some folks freaking out. Any of y'all ever leave your telephone home and you freaked out because you left your cell phone home? Yeah, y'all know you did, did you? Turn right around, went on back and got it, didn't you? Oh, Lord, I left my phone. Felt like you left a part of your body behind. <laughs> so we're going to be getting the information out. Our ministers are working with the elders, and they're going to be getting the information out to us because and they're going to have, you're going to have a booklet. You're going to have everything that's going to be in it. We're going to be talking more. We're going to be teaching about fasting. I'm even going to be going into the book of Revelation. We're going to be just talking about these churches because it's important to know about the churches and what they were dealing with, the, church, the seven churches. 
because you need to be educated and just reminded. Some of us just need to be reminded. Some of us need to be informed, whatever the case may be. And as we move forward, so that when we come into January 6th, we're going to be ready. Because I got a feeling when we hit January 6th, and I believe as we're going through January 6th, and get this, we're going to start at 6.30 a.m. every morning, we'll be an online prayer. You can call in. We're going to be online. Right, Janine? <laughs> we're going to be online. Because we want to be corporate, and this is going to be open to the community. Anyone can join us. Because I just believe that as you start meditating right now and just praying on yourself, just praying for yourself, what is it that you believe that God wants to do? And understand when fasting and prayer time is not about bending God to our way. It's about allowing God to shape us into he, who he wants us to be. That's what that is all about. So we don't want to get that twisted. But just start praying. What is, what's struggling? What's, what are you struggling with in your family, if anything? What are some questions that you may have? Do anyone, do you have some decisions that you need to make? That you need to be real clear about. Now is the time. Because I got a feeling when we get through to January 26th, I think it's going to be a high time up in this camp. Because God's going to reveal some stuff. I believe he's going to break loose some stuff that has been holding a lot of folks down. I really believe that with all my heart. I think some chains are going to be broken. I think some minds are going to be set free. And I believe some healing is going to take place. And that God is going to do some mighty things. And not so much of that we're just asking him to do it, but because we're seeking him with our whole heart. So we got to make sure our motive is right. Okay? We got to make sure our motive is right. Now, can you receive that? Can you receive that? Let's stand all over the church.